Welcome to Novice to Master, a podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs just like myself. My name's Greg Blake, and I invite you to celebrate in all of my successes, push through all of my failures. My goal here is to encourage and to inspire other people who are on the same journey in money making online. I'll share with you my knowledge everything that I gain and what I've got to offer to hopefully help you push through on your journey from novice to master. Welcome to Novice to Master. I'm glad you could make it today. Uh, On today's episode, in keeping with the Funnel Hacking Live theme that we've had going, I have a very special guest I'm glad to introduce you to. And today on the show, Two Comma Club Award winner and FHL presenter, Gabe Schillinger, is here, and he's going to share his story and a whole bunch of other information with us. So, welcome to Novice to Master. What's up, man? Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here. All right. Yeah, I'm real glad to get you on here, dude. I'm I'm glad you had time to come on. Uh, Yeah, I've I've been kind of geeking out over it and bragging it to everybody, like, ah, I guess he's going to be on my podcast. So, you'll have to excuse me if... uh, I seem a little excited. It's, it, you know, I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm flattered. Happy, happy to be here, man. Definitely happy. Right to be on. Here. Yeah. We were talking on the one show about how, uh, uh, I had another friend of mine on, we were talking about how everybody, the speakers at FHL, you know, I mean, we all know that you're, you're kind you're like us, but to us, you're almost rock stars. So it's crazy, man. But yeah, I mean, I, I could speak to that. Um, which is like, you know, I've, I've experienced the same thing, right? Like I showed up to Funnel Hacking Live. My first one was uh, two years ago, or 2018, basically. So this, this last one where I was speaking at was my third Funnel Hacking Live. When I showed up at that first one, I was, it was the most money I had ever invested in my business between like the flight and the hotel and the ticket. Um, I was there, you know, I'm sure we'll get more into my story, but I'm in a niche. I'm basically in music. So I was in a niche where I was like, Ah, like I see all these other people here who are like real marketers, real entrepreneurs. They have businesses that have, you know, the possibilities to make a lot of money. Like I'm not. So like, I feel like maybe I'm not in the right place. I'm also somebody who's super shy and I get anxious. So I was like too nervous to talk to anybody. So I was like, I think I made a mistake. Like I shouldn't even be here. Like I don't deserve to be here. It doesn't make sense. Like I'm not somebody who's going to be, you know, successful. Um, and that's how I felt, you know, and, and as that event went, kept going, you know, I felt more, at home and I learned a lot from the speakers and I became inspired by what they were talking about. And I, you know, met other people. And, um, so that, you know, I I started to get more and more comfortable, but just to show like, you know, from there to obviously this most recent year is a very different experience. You know, I show up and there's like a poster and they like turn me into a little cartoon and I'm see my name up there. And, you know, obviously the interactions that I had with people was very different from me, just basically avoiding talking to anybody because I was too scared to now, you know, people approaching me. Um, and then also, you know, to kind of loop back into what you're saying, as far as you might see somebody, maybe see me on stage and you're like, oh, it, it, there's almost like the separation. Um, you know, I felt that same thing too, where it's like, you know, Russell Brunson, you know, is like, is my hero, you know, my mentor and, and I've consumed so much content from him for whether if it's his paid courses or the free stuff that he puts out his podcast, you know, his books, um, so many of the people there, the, you know, uh, Dan Henry and, you know, Julie Stoyne and like, you know, all these people that are, you know, you know, you know that like, yeah, this is just another person, but there it's something about our brains when you've consumed a lot of content from somewhere, you seem that they're sort of in this position that sometimes 
being in that room with them makes it more real. It makes it more, uh, feel more attainable. I know it did for me. Like once I like actually like talked to Russell and was like, Oh wow, this is like, this is a human, like, obviously we know. Right. But it's, there's something in our brains that changes where it's like, wow. Okay. Like this dude has a company that's, I don't know if they're at the billion dollar valuation yet or not, but like basically a billion dollar company. Right. Um, you know, accomplished all these incredible things. Um, but you talk to him and you know, he's just a dude, he's a very smart dude and you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, I do think that that's one of the part of the value of going to these kinds of events is that when you're in the same room with, with people, um, and you actually get a chance to hopefully talk to them and interact with them, it makes it more feel like, Hey, what this person did, like I could do that, or at least maybe I could do some percentage of that. You know what I mean? So anyways, there's a bit of a tangent off of that, but, um, I definitely, I definitely understand what you mean. No, it's all right. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Cause you get in the rooms with these people and almost every presenter at some point, if you actually talk to them, you heard a similar story. And it was, you know, like I came here, I was in the exact same seat you were in and it was literally last year. And so it, it really does put it into perspective as to the fact that anybody can do it. But uh, with what you were saying about, you know, going in and feeling like it wasn't even your place, man, I fought with that before I ever went down. It's like, I sort of don't have a business. I really don't even know why I'm going and, you know, but I'm glad I did. It was probably the best experience, you know, for, especially where I was at, you know? Hmm. So, but, uh, yeah. So anyways, talking about your backstory, um, for everybody who doesn't know, share some of your backstory with us real quick. Let us know, you know, how you got started and from point A to point yeah, B now. For sure. So for me, um, my background is in music. So I've been, um, in the, you know, music quote unquote industry for almost 20 years now, actually. And so I'm a music producer and engineer, um, mainly do hip hop, some R&B pop stuff like that, but mainly hip hop, rap, that kind of stuff. And so as a producer, you know, as a hip hop producer, basically my job is to make the music that a rapper raps to, right? In the business we call them beats. So basically my job is to, to make beats. And um, I did that the way that, you know, I always thought that you were supposed to, which was basically to try to sell my music to the record labels, or at least to work with the artists that were signed to the record labels. And that was, that's sort of what the whole music industry game is about, right? And so I did that for a long time. I did that for over 10 years of, of trying to, you know, chase after, they call them placements. Like if you get a, a song placed on a big album, it's a placement. And so I was chasing placements. I was trying to work my way up the food chain. Um, where I'm at here in the Bay Area, working with the local hip hop guys, you know, the guys that were popular here. Um, and so I did that and I did okay. And I got some songs on the radio and I had some cool highlights of, you know, got to work with some of the rappers I grew up listening to and, and like some, some cool things along the way um, of this sort of 10 really plus year journey of doing that. Um, but then I kind of, you know, looked around for a second. I realized, hold on, like I'm, I'm almost 30 years old. This is, this is probably about six or seven years ago now. About to be 30 years old. I still live at my dad's house because I can't afford to move out. Like I'm embarrassed when I talk to friends or family about what I'm doing because I feel like they look at me like I'm some starving artist and I'm pursuing some pipe dream. It's just never going to happen. Um, and so I was not feeling good about where I was at, not really feeling good about who I was. Um, and so I was ready to give up on music. I was like, okay, it's time to quit. It's time to like go get a quote unquote real job and, and just do something else because um, I can't be, you know, 30, I can't be 40, I can't be 50 years old trying to be a, a hip hop producer and, and being broke and living in my dad's house. Like, you know, 
Um, and almost as like a, a last resort, I thought, well, maybe I can try selling my beats online. Maybe I can sell my music online. And it was something that, you know, I def definitely didn't come up with that idea. There was hundreds of thousands of producers already selling beats online. And um, there was almost this perception that I feel like is starting to change a little bit of like, you're either in, in the music world as a producer, you're either like an industry producer, which is like cool, because then you're like working with the big artists, or you're like an internet producer, and then it's like not as cool because you're just like selling beats online and, and making a few bucks here and there. So, so for a while I resisted that. But then I was like, all right, well, it's better than quitting. Let me give it a shot. And so I tried that. And at first I did what all the other producers were doing, which is like super basic of basically just uploading my music to, you know, YouTube and SoundCloud and stuff like that. And to, you know, there's some like beat marketplaces. There's one called SoundClick. There's one called BeatStars. There's a few more. Um, and so I just kind of put my music on there. And, you know, I got a couple sales here and there, 20 bucks here, 30 bucks there. And it was kind of like, all right, this is kind of cool. It's not, it's not going to pay the bills. It's not going to get me out of my dad's house, but at least it was something. But then I was like, well, maybe there's some like tricks I can do to sell a couple more beats. And then I think I probably just like literally Googled like marketing. You know, I had no idea what any, any of this stuff, all the stuff is, is really new to me, all the, the marketing and stuff. And so um, I started to like learn a little bit, you know, listen to a couple podcasts and was like, all right, something kind of cool here. It's kind of, kind of fun and started getting a couple more sales. Um, and then eventually I came across a producer who's now a close friend of mine. His name's Adrian. He had a production team, uh, still has it called Anno Domini. And so I came across it and I saw that he was kind of doing things differently. I didn't really understand what it was at the time, but um, looking back, I realized he was using sales funnels to sell beats. And so I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who he was. Um, but I do remember I happened to glance up at the URL um, and it was like anodominy.clickfunnels.com. And at this time I had no idea what ClickFunnels was, but I was like, oh, it's interesting. I wonder what that is. Um, and then I found out about ClickFunnels. You know, that took me to learning about Russell Brunson. I read his book, Dotcom Secrets, and kind of immersed myself in this world. And all of a sudden it was like, uh, it, it created this spark, right? That was one of the things that at Funnel Hacking Live, Russell talked about of like this path of, you know, going from uh, just starting all the way to being an expert. And the first thing is you get the spark of, of excitement or interest. And that was really my first spark of interest in marketing. And like, oh my God, like this stuff is um, not only something that maybe I might be good at, um, but something that's actually really fun also. And that, you know, just like the way that I looked at my music, which was, hey, there's this, here's this thing that I can be creative and have fun and, you know, have this passion for like, now I can take some of that creativity and that passion and excitement and put it into my marketing. And when I combine those two things, that's when things all of a sudden really took off for me. And within just a couple years, I went from just starting to sell beats online to being one of, if not the top in that industry, as far as, you know, being able to sell beats online. I did, you know, the first six figure launch in our industry. You know, I got my two comma club award, you know, for doing over a million dollars in revenue selling beats online and all this stuff where if you are a producer who sells beats online, like you, that sounds crazy <laughs> because, you know, for the most part, the people who are like the absolute best at it may be doing low six figures and the vast majority, uh, unfortunately were and are making, you know, somewhere closer to $0. Um, so then, so I kind of knew I was onto something there. And then that developed into, um, well, okay, I've got this process. It worked for me. This is awesome. I've got a team. I'm making money. My music's getting out there. Um, can I help other producers do this as well? And that's when I teamed up with uh, the producer I mentioned earlier with Adrian, and we started teaching other producers. And we created a course um, 
where we basically walk them through this process of teaching them about sales funnels, teaching them about the marketing techniques that I use, that he used in order to build our businesses. And that's been really rewarding where it's now, you know, not only doing the thing myself, which is great, but now actually seeing that I'm teaching people and having, you know, and helping them get success, helping them see how fun marketing can be and, and shifting that, that, uh, that mindset, you know, that mindset shift of like, uh, marketing sucks. So like, Oh, actually this is fun. Um, and so being able to see that, you know, in my students has been really cool. Not to mention, you know, selling beats 17 bucks at a time, really hard to, you know, hit six figures or seven figures. Um, but when you're selling information, we're selling a course for, you know, 500 bucks or a thousand bucks at a time. Um, now all of a sudden it becomes a little bit easier to, to generate some revenue. So it's been rewarding both, uh, you know, to see, you know, it's fulfilling to see results from other people. It's also been, um, a, a nice uh, income stream as well. That's awesome, man. It's great to see how many people get to manage to use click funnels as like a vehicle to get to do what they want to do, even when it doesn't start out as exactly the version of what they want to do. Yes. Yeah. So now talking about your funnel, uh, you went into a little bit at Funnel Hacking Live. Um, what was it really that gave you the idea to approach it that way? Yeah, so I did a few different things. You know, I was experimenting. I had, you know, read dot-com secrets and then expert secrets, and I saw what other, you know, people in the ClickFunnels community were doing. So, and, and there's, there's all different kinds of funnels, right? There's SLO funnels and uh, tripwire funnels, and there's webinar funnels, and there's challenge, you know, summit, like all these different kinds of funnels, right? Hmm. And so I kind of experimented with, <clears throat> excuse me, a few different kinds. And there was one in particular that really took off for me. That was, I'd mentioned earlier, excuse me, that I'd done the first six figure launch, you know, in our industry as far as selling beats online. And so there was a particular strategy and I'll go into it in a, into a, in a second, but that was the one that not only did it get me the best results I'd ever gotten, but then when I started talking about it, with other people, it made me realize that, oh, wait, I think I've kind of developed something here that other people hadn't really done yet. That, it, you know, of course, it's all taking ideas that were already there, but it's just kind of putting together in a specific way. Um, so that's been really cool. Um, and now, you know, and I'll, I'm teasing it a little bit, but I'll get into exactly what that <laughs> process is in a second. Uh, but what's been cool is, is that was the technique that I shared at Funnel Hacking Live. You know, I told my story similar to what we're doing here, but then taught that strategy. And so it was really cool to see the reaction that um, so many people there were like, you know, oh my God, now I want to do that strategy. I want to do that type of funnel. I could see how that could work for me. Um, and so for me, as far as my journey, what that shifted just as of really a few weeks ago is now I've sort of got, you know, I sell beats. I teach producers how to sell beats. And now I'm working on this new thing, which is teaching a, a broader representation of entrepreneurs and marketers how to do this, you know, do this strategy. So that's been really cool. That's been exciting. Um, so yeah, should I get into the, what that, what that funnel is, what that strategy looks like? Yeah, for sure, man. Okay, cool. Um, so basically, um, the idea is a four step framework. And so the first step is understanding who your dream client is and what result you're going to get for them. Super important. That's really kind of, it's a generic first step because that should be the first step, no matter what you're doing. Like it, it puts so much clarity into everything else that you do. It kind of dictates whether if it's this strategy that I'm talking about here or any strategy, if you don't know those two things, then you're really going to struggle. But if you get like 
really great clarity on like who this is that exact person, you know, the customer avatar is usually what you call it. Who's that mm -hmm. ideal person. And then what's the result that I want to get for them or I can get for them. Now everything else kind of falls into place. All the other stuff is like, okay, now based off that I can figure out, you know, where are they hanging out now? How can I get them from there to where I want to get them to? How can I sell to them? How can I speak to them? What's the best ways to reach them? You know, all that kind of stuff. So that's step one. Step one of the framework. Step two is I do a contest. And so this is kind of the piece that is different that not a lot of people have been talking about or, or really uh, implementing, at least sort of in the ClickFunnels community. And so the way the contest works, and there's a, there's a hundred different ways to set up a contest, but this particular one, the way that people um, get points in the contest is by referring other people into the contest. So you enter the contest, if you refer a friend, you get one point. For two friends, you get two points, et cetera. And whoever refers the most people or gets the most points wins the grand prize. And so what ends up happening there is you've got you know people coming in and they're entering the contest because they want to win the grand prize. And they also are now referring other people to you for free. So now you're incentivizing your leads, your potential customers to bring you more potential customers. So it has this viral nature where now you've got people and then more people and they tell more people and they tell more people. And so, you know, when we did this, we ended up getting 40,000 people to enter. And it's in a pretty specific niche. You know, we're talking to rappers, right? So we had 40,000 rappers enter this contest. And from there, the next step of the framework is the announcement. And so what we do is we don't tell anybody who's in first place or 10th place or 100th place. Um, so we make a big deal about this live event. And by event, I mean virtual event, like a Facebook Live or something. But we set a yeah. date for it and we promote to it. And we get on that Facebook Live and the idea is we're saying, hey, join us. We're going to announce the winners of the contest. Um, we're also going to be giving away some free stuff. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a party. You know, come join us. So we've got all this attention, all this momentum from that contest. Uh, everyone's waiting because they want to see who won. They want to see if they won. Um, and so they all join us live for that contest or sorry, for that announcement. And on the announcement, basically what we do is we say, hey, we're about to announce the winners of the contest in just a second. But before we do, um, you know, we were so overwhelmed and, and really grateful that so many of you guys were willing to spread the message, to spread our mission and share this contest with our people that were thinking, okay, we could end this here with just the contest, but how can we keep this momentum going? How can we, you know, keep this excitement? And what we decided is one of these prizes that all you guys were really hoping to win, in my case, it happened to be the prize that the people in the top 10 got, we're going to make available for sale starting right now for the next week at a huge discount. And now the cart opens on a launch. And so the psychology there is you've got all these people, first of all, paying attention, which is a huge part of marketing. They're just, they're there, they're listening. They want to know who wants it. They're, they're there for the contest. And then the second part is the psychology is that they, they've been wanting to win this thing. It's something that's important to them that now has this high you know, perceived value and, and real value, hopefully, right? But it's like, oh, they've been fighting to win this thing. And now it's available for sale at a discount and I can get it right now. So then it becomes a no-brainer they buy that thing and now you've got this launch for the next few days. That's like a traditional product launch. Um, but it's sort of got this like rocket fuel on it of all this momentum and excitement and intention that came from the contest. And so that's sort of the, the, I was going to say short version, but that was like the medium version <laughs> of, <laughs> cause it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's, that's the strategy. Uh, yeah, you, it's awesome though that you uh, share that, man. I mean, that was kind of genius, uh, to be honest. Other than you, I'd never really heard of a contest funnel. Um, and then when I went to Funnel Hacking Live, I heard you know they were talking about a contest funnel. I'm like, 
what is a contest funnel? And then you came out, started explaining. And I was like, that dude's a genius. <laughs> Cause just the way you stacked everything together and you made one part play off another and you just kept building the momentum that it had and all the excitement everyone had around it. I mean, cause they were already excited about this huge prize that they all really wanted. It's just crazy how you built all that out and set up that strategy. Thanks, uh, man. It, it, yeah. It's impressive, man. Um, Cause you're all the time, you all the time hear about the same structures of funnels. Mm -hmm. And when you hear about something that's like that big and that different, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, one thing I, I do want to kind of point out a little bit um, from what you were telling of your backstory and then moving into the funnel um, is one thing. A lot of people, even though we hear it a lot from marketers like Russell Brunson and Steve Larson, most people don't, or a lot of people don't take into consideration that when you try something, there's testing and tweaking, like what you said you did with all the funnels. You tried one, it failed or didn't get the result you wanted. You moved on to the next one and the next one. And that's one of the things that uh, I, I think everybody really needs to take into consideration, considering how many people quit before they really get started. Definitely. So yeah, but it's awesome. Yeah, no, no, 100%. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, anything that's worth doing is going to take time. It's going to take setbacks. It's going to take, you know, failing and then trying again, failing and trying again. And so I think it's so important to, um, to uh, adopt that mindset, you know, as I've been now shifting into teaching more, I'm seeing that more and more is that, you know, I assumed as I'd be teaching that what I'd be teaching is tactics and strategies. And I do, but what I end up coaching on just as much, if not more is mindset is exactly what the part that you're talking about of like, you know, people sign up and they're like, cool, I'm excited about whatever it is, launching this, launching this funnel, launching this business. And then they inevitably come up against setbacks that that first iteration of the funnel didn't work. Or maybe they don't even get that far because there's some little tech issue and they can't figure out how to just launch the thing in the first place, right? That's good. It's, I guarantee that's going to happen, right? It happens to every, it happens to me and I've launched a decent amount of funnels now where it's like, ah, oh, man, I'm stuck. Like I can't figure this out. And, and then, and then I figure it out. Right. And so I think it's so important to have that mindset of not only saying, okay, not only am I not going to give up, but actually trying to enjoy that process and saying, taking on the identity of I'm a problem solver. This is who I am. And I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a marketer. I'm somebody who takes problems and I solve them. And so now all of a sudden when you're, you know, trying something, you're trying to build something, you're launching something and things don't work. Now it's not like you're not defeated. Now it's like, okay, cool. Now it's time to get to work. This is where I shine. And now it's like, okay, let me, let me try to approach this from different angles. Let me just, let me, you know, get whatever resources I have. If I can reach out to somebody for help or read up on it or whatever that is, then it becomes all about how can I solve this issue? How can I fix this? How can I iterate? How can I do another version of either this funnel or the next funnel? Uh, as opposed to saying, oh, it didn't work. I guess this whole thing's a scam and I'm not good enough. Instead saying, no, like, okay, cool. This didn't work. That's awesome because now I learned one more thing that doesn't work. Let me try the next thing. You know, let me tweak this thing. And that's really what this whole game is all about. And once you learn to love that process and embrace that process, that's when you really have success because that's the whole game. That game never ends. Whether if you're, you know, just starting out or you are Russell Brunson, you're like, he doesn't know all the, he's figuring it out as he goes too. We all are. You know what I mean? The level yeah. of problem that he's solving is different than the level of problem of me or somebody who's just starting, but it's still the same game. So if you 
decide early on that you hate that game and, and you're going to give up, you know, every time there's a setback, then you, you have no chance. Yeah, in all honesty, it, it's a lot like work. And that's the thing is a lot of people don't, I mean, not just saying it's like work because it, it, it is a form of work. I'm just talking about like a job in general. A lot of people will go to a job every day. They can't stand. They don't want to be there. They don't believe in. And then they'll come and they'll find something like, you know, what we're into with marketing. And they'll look and they'll get started and they'll go, oh, that didn't work. It must be a scam. It don't work. But they didn't put half as much effort into trying something that, they supposedly wanted to do to find out how much they wanted to do it and what they got out of it is what they do into just giving up. And I guess it's because it's easier to tuck your tail between your legs and go to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I get it. I get it. Like there's God, I was going to say there's been times when I've wanted to give up. I mean, it's, it's almost daily where it's like, Oh God, this is, this is so hard or whatever. But then, you know, quickly, I shift to like what I was talking about, like, no, I'm a problem solver. This is what I do. I'm going to figure out how to, you know, get the solution to this thing. And not only am I willing to put in that work, but I'm actually going to convince myself and believe it that I enjoy this process of, of solving that problem. And to me, that's really the magic, whether if it's, you know, just learning to enjoy marketing itself, whether if it's learning to how do you come up against obstacles um, as they come along. To me, it's that mindset of like, this is the game that I play and I'm getting better at it every day and I enjoy it. To me, that's the real key because I've never met anybody who's really, really good at something or amazing at something that doesn't like to do that thing. Right. That, that'd yeah. be pretty rare. I mean, maybe there's like the crazy exception of somebody who's like, I don't know, but that certainly 99% of the people who are excellent at something who are the best, they love doing that thing because it's almost impossible to get good at something unless you practice it over and over and over. And it's going to be really, really hard. It's going to be an uphill battle to practice something over and over that you hate. So even if you hate it right now, I don't want you to be like, oh yeah, well, I, I hate marketing. I hate when I come up against these obstacles. Know that that's its own skill that you can develop over time of, you know, at first it'll be like, oh, I'm so frustrated. This sucks. But then like eventually you can be like, okay, wait a second. I remember no, let me, let me approach this a different way. Let me, let me, you know, enjoy this process a little bit. And the more you practice that, the more second nature it becomes where that turnaround time is quicker and quicker of like, here's the issue. Like, oh, I'm so mad into like very quickly, like, no, wait a second, here we go. This, this is my time to shine. And that's, that to me is, is the key right there. That's yeah, very true. Uh, like uh, in all honesty, I, I deal with that here and there, but the weird thing is every personality deals with that feeling completely differently. Like, I mean, for me, uh, there are times I think I might actually enjoy the frustration and aggravation of dealing with it. And you're like, and then other times where you just start pounding your head on your desk and going, that's it. I'm going to go get another job. And it's, no, I don't give up yet, but it, it's nice, you know, for people to point that out though, that really it is a skill in itself. Cause I mean, it, I think it's important for people to hear that because you really don't hear that as often as you should. I mean, any training you take, it's in there, but on the, you know, to reinforce it though into somebody's mind so that it becomes a, you know, a thought of, okay, well, and you just accept it and move on. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So, um, your course that you got started, um, yes. how long have you guys been doing that? So, okay, so I've got a course that teach that's very niche specific, which teaches hip hop producers how to sell beats online. 
And so that, that's that been going for about, uh, since July, 2019. Um, so I don't know what that makes it, but whatever, you know, less than a year, let's say that. Um, and so, yeah, so we launched that. And then I'm in the process of creating the course right now that's teaching uh, people that whole contest launch strategy. So that hasn't even, um, you know, at the time we're recording this at least, hasn't officially rolled out yet. Um, but I've got some, some, some stuff in the works for that, for sure. Right on. So, I mean, I'm sure there's been somebody who's used a, a contest funnel, but in all honesty, when you realized you were the first to use it to sell a $17 product and hit six figures that fast, how, how did that feel, man? What would you compare that to really? I mean, well, I will say as far as understanding it in that context, it, uh, I did not understand it in that context. The um, the way that I, it felt amazing, but the way that I was approaching it, I was coming more from the side of a music producer selling beats online. And so from that world, the idea of actually being able to do a six figure launch, not only do we do, do that first six figure launch, we did over $200,000 in sales. And it is, like you said, we were selling a $17 product and there was four to four months in upsells. And so I think the average cart value was about 50 bucks, but it was the, the headline was a $17 offer. Um, and even at 50 bucks, that's still, you need a few thousand people to buy in, in a week's yeah. time. So, so it was a big, it was a big thing. And it was, it was pretty incredible because not only did it feel amazing to be like, oh my God, I've done this process that we were just talking about of hitting an obstacle, getting through it, hitting the next obstacle, getting through it for like years at that point. Um, and feeling the, the, uh, what's the word I guess the fruits of that labor or whatever of yeah. being like, oh my God, this is the, this, this feels so good. Uh, to know that I put in all that work and now I'm seeing the results. Um, but also to see that in that niche that I'm in of, of selling beats online that, you know, I wasn't like, I, I had set out that goal to do that, to do a six figure launch, but I, I still, to be honest, wasn't really sure if it was possible. I didn't know if that was something that that market, that that, you know, industry, that that audience, that it could actually, that that was possible or not. And so when we did that and, and, you know, more than double that, that, that goal of 100,000, it made me realize that the ceiling on what I thought was possible was, um, you know, the, the ceiling for what was actually possible was so much higher than the ceiling of what I thought was possible. And then it was like, cool, now, now it became my mission to spread this word to first to just other music producers, let them know like, hey, like right now you're probably thinking that the ceiling is that you can barely scrape by and pay your bills and quit your job. And that's like the Holy grail. Unfortunately, how that's how most music producers think is like, that's as high as they dare to dream, you know, um, that no, that's not the ceiling. The ceiling is six figures, seven figures. You know what I mean? Is having a real business, having a team, not just doing this full time, but being able to have financial freedom and being able to travel and being able to, you know, uh, do all kinds of cool stuff because of this thing that we love. And so, that was the perspective it was from. It actually wasn't until later when I started talking about it in like the ClickFunnels community and the sort of the entrepreneur world that I realized that, wait a second, not only is this impressive for our niche, but it's actually something that's pretty cool in marketing in general. And that, at that time I was like, oh yeah, well people in that world, they do this stuff all the time, um, which to some extent was true, but not the way that I had done it. But I didn't realize that at the time until I started talking to those people, you know, and being like, they're like, yo, that was pretty cool what you did. Like, wait a second, you did a contest and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess maybe I am onto something. I guess, you know, so it wasn't until actually afterwards that I realized that, oh, what we kind of developed basically out of what I felt like was necessity for that industry and that audience of like, how can I tweak this? How can I make this work? 
um, which basically the, the biggest obstacle in that case was um, we had to sell a low ticket offer something that was really cheap because our audience can't afford for the most part something expensive. You know, we're selling to rappers and they're not generally speaking an audience that has a ton of money. Um, and, you know, we are um, trying to do, you know, to try to do six figures, $17 at a time is really, really hard to an audience that doesn't have a lot of money. Right. So it was like, okay, well, how can I build a bunch of momentum? How can I get a bunch of people in there? And then it was like, how can I take the concepts I already know and kind of tweak them? And so to me at the time, it didn't, I just felt like, yeah, I'm just sort of doing what these other people are teaching, but I'm just tweaking it, you know, because I have to, it wasn't until later that I, I heard from other people like, no, that was actually pretty cool. And that's like not something other people have necessarily done um, that I realized, oh, wait, here's, there's value here of, of teaching this to sort of a broader audience of, of marketers and entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's, that's crazy, man. Uh, even just accomplishing that. And it's, it's crazy to think about the fact of perspective on that. And I guess you can almost call it context because of the fact of you were a marketer, but you weren't a marketer yet. And until it really, you know, you got into the community, you didn't realize even your own accomplishment. That's pretty cool to hear. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's honestly, I'd say two of the bigger takeaways I got, which both around the music, cause there was uh, what you and Jermaine Griggs, who both had some kind of a program around music mm -hmm. with yours. It was the, you know, the only limitation to anything is what you set for yourself was the, what I got because of, you know, like we were just talking with your accomplishment with your funnel and with his, it was, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's possible. And it was honestly like the whole takeaway from FHL was just insane. Like uh, I, I'd never been so motivated when I left and it was like, wow, anything is possible. L like literally you hear it all the time, but until you actually hear people that, you know, like that have already won the, two comma club award and the two comma club X and all that up on stage talking about it. You don't really realize, or I guess it's not so much realize as feel, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that it's a possibility. So. No, it's so important. It's, it's one of the things that, that Russell Brunson always preaches, right. Is um, the belief part is so, is so important. I know when I, when I, especially when I first started getting into learning about, you know, marketing, all I wanted was, what are the tactics? What are the tips? What are the tricks? What are the, what are the little strategies? That's all I cared about. I was like, I don't want to hear the story. I don't want to hear the whatever. Like, just give me like what to do. Um, but it wasn't until I, you know, got a little farther in my journey that I realized that the belief part, like believing that, like really believing that it's possible, the mindset, like some of the stuff we talked earlier about, like that stuff is actually, it's actually even more important than the tips and tricks and strategies. Because when you have that broader perspective of, yes, this is possible, I, I believe I'm going to do this and I've made the decision to accomplish this, to get to here. Then you fill it in with, okay, now here's the tips and strategies and tricks and whatever to get me there. Um, but if you try to do it the other way around of just, ah, let me try to learn a couple tips or whatever, but you don't believe it yet. You don't have that mindset yet. You're really going to be facing an uphill battle. And that's, that's something that I've learned over time where it's like, I was never like the, you know, uh, personal development guy or the self-help guy. Like I never really got into that until I started more making more and more progress with my business. And I realized that in order for my business to progress, I had to progress as a person. And so I realized that my business growing and business development and personal development not only went hand in hand, but were like literally the same thing. Like for me to become the person, like we talked earlier about the person I showed up at 
at Funnel Hacking Live 2018 compared to the person that I had to become in order to be on stage and teach those things and accomplish, you know, I had to become a different person. And so um, it all starts with that belief and then goes into that mindset thing. And that, that's been a huge, huge key for me. Right on. So uh, other, I mean, in between what you've learned in marketing, just in general, uh, what you learned at Funnel Hacking Live and what you learned from your business, what would you say was really your, your moment that you had that epiphany that, you know, we always talk about? Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple, I would say, you know, the first, the first time I really got excited about marketing was when I read dot-com secrets and that was sort of introducing the whole concept of sales funnels and, and just sort of the, the sort of overall perspective, the approach, the framework that Russell Brunson uses to, to basically explain business and how do you build a business and how do you take a customer, you know, through that journey. Um, that was, that to me was the first huge aha of like, oh my God, this is like, this is really cool. This makes sense. Um, and, and there was a few, a few concepts in there that, that really stood out. But one of the ones that for sure made a huge difference was this whole concept of creating a real offer. And so this is, you know, something that Russell talks about of, you know, most people are selling a commodity, um, a commodity meaning it's something that you can basically get anywhere for about the same price, right? If you're selling, you know, an iPhone or you're selling gasoline or you're selling socks or something, whatever it is, that's, that's like fairly common that you can get anywhere. Then you can't re- then the only ways that you can compete is on price or convenience, right? If you're selling gas, you're either the guy who's on the corner or maybe somebody will go a little bit farther if you're a little bit cheaper. But basically that's it, right? But if you create a true offer, which essentially is you know a bundle of products and services that are created to be irresistible to your dream client, now all of a sudden you don't need to compete with anybody else because you're the only one who has that actual offer. And so when I started taking that approach, and instead of just selling beats, which is what everybody else in my industry, you know, the million, literally million plus other producers who were selling beats online, they were all selling the exact same thing. And yes, each beat is different because it's like, you know, we're all make our own music and we all think it's, you know, our beats are our babies and it's, you know, my music is a magical snowflake and whatever. But yeah. the truth is, you know, there's a million producers making beats. So like, so it is a commodity. Anybody can get that anywhere. But when we, sh- when I shifted my strategy from not just selling beats, but like, okay, what are the other problems I can solve for my ideal customer? You know, maybe they need mixing and mastering. Maybe now they've got mixing now, you know, they've got that song. It sounds good. Now they need to get in front of more people so I can give them either a, you know, a service for promotion and or information about that. Um, maybe they need to be connected to graphic designers and they need to be connected to DJs and they need to be connected to managers. So maybe I can create you know, a community and, and on and on of like, how can I create a real offer? And when I did that, that was the biggest like first differentiator that really made my business um, take off compared to all these other producers, all these other businesses in that same niche. Awesome. Um, it, yeah, it is something that, I mean, you hear it all the time out of Russell, uh, whether it's one funnel away or whatnot, that he tries to hammer that idea into people's heads and you either take it or you don't, but it's kind of one of them things that does become an aha moment when you finally grasp it. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that one up. Uh, now, let me ask you just as a music producer or as a marketer, either, or what's, what would you say was your proudest accomplishment? Ooh. Um, well, I'm happy to say I've got a, a couple to pick from here. Um, doing that first six figure launch was huge for sure. Um, you know what I'll say just cause it's a huge one. And, and it was recent was, you know, speaking at Funnel Hacking Live, that, that was something that, 
was something that was not, there's some people who I've heard say that that's always been a dream or that's, that's like my goal or that was my goal and I did it. For me, it wasn't even on my radar because it was like, I didn't even dare to like dream that big, you know? Cause to me, yeah. again, coming from where I was, the, the leaps of what that would take as far as what I would need to have accomplished, who I would need to be to be able to like talk in front of people. Um, you know, all that stuff to me was so, you know, would have been such a stretch that it wasn't even a goal. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it would have been like too far to even imagine it as a possibility for myself. And then to actually, you know, be lucky enough to, to be put in that position um, and then to be able to do that. And then the reaction from it, that was like, it, it's something I'll remember my whole life for sure. To be able to, you know, to speak to 5,000 people at once and to, and not only that, but the people that are in that audience are like my literal heroes, people, you know, like Russell Brunson and, and you know, all these people that are like the people I look up to um, in, the, in the marketing and business and entrepreneurial world. Um, that, that was huge for me for sure. Right on. Now, that was one thing I did want to ask about was with the speaking at Funnel Hacking Live. How did, how did it feel when Russell actually asked you or when you were asked to speak? Man, it was, it was a trip because, um, up until this year, every speaker at Funnel Hacking Live was either, you know, somebody who came in like a Tony Robbins or Brendan Bouchard, who's like a famous speaker. Mm -hmm. Or if they're coming from the ClickFunnels world, they were in Russell's inner circle, which is like his highest end, you know, coaching program. Um, and so I was not either of those things. Um, yeah, so I was I'm in. kind of surprised at that, honestly. <laughs> I just kind of figured you were when I saw you listed on the Two Comic Club page. Yeah, no. So, so, you know, at this point, so he's actually paused his inner circle. So it doesn't exist right now. Okay. Um, so like right now, I probably would be like applying and and it was something that I aspired to doing at some point, but I wasn't, I was in uh, his two uh, CCX coaching program, um, which was sort of like, let's say one tier down from there. Um, you know, still a great program, whatever, but not, not quite there. And, and you don't have the access to Russell. So, um, so yeah, so it was a shock when he asked me, cause I was like, what? like at that point I, I barely had a conversation with him before. Um, I met him once briefly. Uh, so as part of that coaching program, there's, uh, at least what they've done in past years is you go on a cruise, which is really cool. And you get to go yeah. on a cruise with Russell and other ClickFunnels people. And there's some masterminding and networking. So I had like a brief conversation with him there. I had like a couple quick Facebook messages back and forth and that was it. And then he messaged me and said like, Hey, how would you like to speak at Funnel Hacking Live? And I was like, what? Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, are you sure? Did you message the wrong person? <laughs> um, uh, so that was sort of my initial reaction was like that. I mean, that would be incredible. And then also like, oh my God, now I'm scared. Like, is that really going to happen? And then it was sort of, oh, and the other thing though, is because, um, you know, what he did this most recent year was he sort of made a big deal about rolling out the speakers one at a time. So, he, so it was sort of, it was like a big secret. And so when he asked me, it was a, it was a while ago. I mean, it was at least six months before Funnel Hacking Live. So he's like, yeah, do you want to do it? Oh, by the way, you can't tell anybody. So I was like, Oh God, like, like now I've got this like sort of secret where it's like, you know, whatever I told my, my friends or family or something, but I couldn't tell anybody sort of in the click phones community just cause I didn't want to betray that trust. I just wanted it to, you know, so it was like, and, and then it became like, wait, was, is that real? Like, cause I, sometimes they'll have like panels or different things. So I was like, all right, maybe I'm going to be on some kind of panel. Like, am I really speaking? Uh, and then about two months before Funnel Hacking Live, um, he hit me up and Melanie, his assistant sent me like a speaker, uh, contract and said, you have 28 minutes and here's how it's going to work. And you're speaking at this time. And, and I was like, okay, yes, this is real. Um, awesome. so yeah, it was, it was definitely a trip 
for sure. It was something that was not expected at all and, and was a huge honor. That's awesome. I, I love hearing the part about, you know, the, the freaking out of, is this for real? Are you kidding me? That, that's just awesome to hear anybody. Like I know uh, one of my friends actually saw Dan, Han- Dan Henry right after, and he told him, you know, uh, he, he said, he told me that from what he saw, it seemed like Dan was still a little shook at how he did. And he wasn't, un, you know, completely sure he did a great job, but yeah. And all honestly though, I mean, every, all the presenters were good and there was a lot of really good information, but, uh, yeah, it's which you did a really good job. I think I told you that there when I first got to meet you. So, uh, thank you, man. No, I appreciate it. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's nerve wracking. That's that's interesting to say that um, you know that you heard that other speakers were nervous too. And it and it was cool actually to be able to speak to some of the other speakers both before and after, um, and realize that all of them were kind of freaking out <laughs> to some extent of like, uh, you know, it's just that whole thing of like humanizing people of even somebody like. You know, I think you mentioned Dan Henry, where like, yes, he's very well known and he's very successful and he's very vocal. But, you know, all of us were were to some extent like, well, this is a trip. So um, I think that's just another way of like, hey, we're all just people. We're all just figuring it out. Like wherever you're at, you know, on your path, just know like that next step is not some mythical thing. It's not something that the people who accomplished it were born with something different or they had more advantages or they don't have that one shortcoming that you have. That's the reason why you think you're not like whatever those excuses are, whatever those setbacks are, whatever those challenges, whatever stuff you have in your head of like why you're different and why you're not, why it's not possible for you to do that. Like, it's just not true. It's just absolutely not true. Right on, man. Well, Hey, I I know you've got kind of a tight schedule to run on. And again, thank you for fitting this show in. I'm really glad you came on. Uh, It's really been uh, an honor. I'm like, honestly, I, I really, I was surprised when you got back to me. It was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. I was like, I said kind of the same thing when you were talking about Russell and the speaker. I was like, does does he uh, think he's talking to another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, totally, totally my pleasure. Uh, appreciate you having me on. It's been been super fun, and um, yeah, man, appreciate you. All right on, yeah, you too. Um, do you want to leave? Uh, where, where can people connect with you or check out some of your content? And- yeah. So best best thing is um, we're going to be rolling out this program. If you go to contestlaunchsecrets.com, you can find out more information about that. If you'd like to find out more about that strategy, um, or you can find me on Facebook if you just search Gabe Schillinger. I'll I'll pop up somewhere, and those are those are the two best ways to uh, to get a hold of me. All right. Well, hey, man, again, thank you very much. And you did an awesome job at Funnel Hacking Live. Uh, Thanks for everything you shared here, man. I'm sure it's going to inspire and help a lot of people. So cool. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a great one. You too. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy recording it. If so, please give us a like, a follow, a review, and a few downloads if you're over at Apple. And of course, please share us with some of your friends. Any support like this is greatly appreciated and helps me out, lets me know that I'm doing a good job and that you're enjoying the content. Also, for more content, feel free to come over and join us over at our Facebook group. I'll put a link down in the description of the video. And we'll see you next time.